Um, hello, everybody. Um, if you join us for our services regularly, you'll know that at this point, usually what happens is somebody gets up and comes to the lectern and they'll share a, a sermon. Um, but um, as we were planning um, the sort of like the next few weeks um, a while back, we've been, we've, we felt like it'd be really helpful at some point to maybe have a few different voices um, from our team here and share some of the things that we feel God is, is saying to us at the moment and what he's doing in our midst. Um, and so that's what we're going to do today. Um, just to my right, there's just a few chairs being re reorganized at the moment. I'm being joined by a few familiar faces. John and Debbie are coming up here and, and Susie. And uh, what we're going to do is really just share some of the things, sort of partly personally, some of the things that we feel God has been speaking to us about, but also some of the things that we've been sort of talking about as a, uh, with other members of the SL, the senior leadership team here, um, views on sort of like what is, what is God doing at the moment and what's he saying to us? And so that's the plan for today. We really hope this will be helpful to you. We'll do this for a while. And then after that, we're going um, to spend some time having an, an opportunity for folks to, to get pray, prayed for and, and pray. So that's the plan. Hello, everybody. Well done. They've miraculously changed the chairs there. Hello, John. Hi, John. Hello. Hello. So... Um, before we start talking about um, some of the stuff we feel God's been saying, let's take a moment to reflect. We're going to take a moment to reflect on the, um, the national gathering that happened last week, um, which John and Debbie led. Um, it was a gathering for um, people, uh, part of the vineyard and really people outside the vineyard as well, but in the UK and Ireland. Loads of people. It was brilliant, wasn't it? Any it was. highlights? It was just, just wonderful. Well, all the sessions, it was just a tremendous time. Uh, I especially was inspired by Chuck Freeland on the Thursday night who was saying, you know, there's probably never been a better time to be the church. He was talking about people, you know, the statistics on people turning to prayer through this season, turning to actually watching church services online or asking spiritual questions. He said, probably unprecedented in our lifetime. And also, I was really encouraged, we took an offering. Uh, £170,000 was given, and half of that offering is going to be given to two movements, to other uh, Move, church movements to help with their church planting efforts. So the uh, Redeemer, sorry, the Redeemed Christian Church of God led by Pastor Agu Iruku and New Frontiers led by Steve Tibbet. And it was just a wonderful thing to have conversations with them both this tell week them, and tell them, them about that. Tell them about that one. Well, I can't tell you too much details, but the timing, he had no idea we were doing it. The timing of our call following conversations he'd had earlier that day and some plans for church planting that they were making was absolutely astounding and we were so encouraged that the Lord had clearly spoken to them and had clearly spoken to us. I think for me I'd have to say um, the interview with Jo Saxton uh, was profound. She's black with Nigerian heritage born in the UK and she described how as a young girl growing up she was spat upon, she was shouted at all for being black and then the challenges of, of developing as a uh, a black female leader, again, uh, it was a profound, uh, really a highlight for me. Yeah, it was such an awesome time just to be together. And um, I was involved with these guys with some of the hosting. And uh, it was just amazing right from the first night to see the sense of like family, the sense of what God was doing in the comments. And um, just one little story, there was, there was a lady who was on there and somebody, a, a guy had a word of knowledge about somebody who had a bad ankle or something. And um, this lady instantly was like, well, I've got a bad ankle. She'd been out running, she damaged her ankle a week ago. 
and um, she tried everything. I, I've written down what she said. She said she tried everything. She'd stretched it, rolled it, rested it, and it never occurred to her to pray. And so as soon as that word of knowledge came in, she thought, well, that's me. I'm going to lay my hands on my ankle. She prayed for it, and instantly that ankle was totally healed, and she said she's trying to, like, roll it over and see if it hurt. Just the pain totally went. And there were other healing stories just happening in the chat, happening as we were meeting together. It was brilliant. What about you, Bods? It was brilliant. I think one of the highlights for a lot of people, Susie, was... Um, when the, during one of the ministry times, when the Holy Spirit Spirit sort of rested on Debbie and she sort of exclaimed, Yelped. and then you had a, it sort of jumped, sh shocked you a little bit, didn't it? Was it was a reflex moment, yeah. It was a brilliant moment. You've gone rogue um, there, mate. Sorry? You've gone rogue. I didn't think we were going to mention gone that. viral. I just thought, yeah, so it was just so funny. It was, it was funny. It was, funny. it was remarkable. We're hosting here in this room with <laughs> just a handful of people and speaking to multiple thousands and actually leading a ministry time. But the Holy Spirit, we know, was moving all over the world. And he was in the room with us, you know, very present. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah it, was it, was it was remarkable, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, lo I loved, it was great. I loved the talks and I loved the way that the different speakers were different. Um, but the whole thing came together to a sort of like a coherent sort of message and emphasis. And I just thought, fantastic speakers. Um, John Debbie spoke on the last night. That was great. Well, that was definitely, definitely a highlight. And um, if you haven't seen it, any of it, you can catch up. You can just go on YouTube, type in... Um, just realised my Bible's been shut and so I'm going to have to find it. Uh, type in Vineyard National Gathering and, um, and you can find the sessions on there. John and Debbie spoke on the Friday night and absolutely excellent. So do look for that. But one of the passages that these guys um, really, really thought um, that, that God had really spoken to them about is from Isaiah. Here we go. Isaiah 40. And um, it's, it's a really long passage. But there's some words right at the end of it. And it says this. This is the message version here. He energizes those who get tired, gives fresh strength to dropouts. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. And um, yeah, John and Debbie, you're going to talk a bit about that this morning, about how we've had to get fresh strength in this season. Yeah, it's been for, for everybody, I think, really uh, very erosive, you know, and demanding this, this last, what, 11 months. And for us personally, you know, leading locally as well as leading nationally, there were uh, new decisions to be made at an incredible rate sometimes. And then frustration because you'd spend hours forging a decision and then the next morning have to spend more hours changing that decision because of just the the uh, changes of government guidance or whatever it happened to be. And there were times when I just would say, Lord, I am tired. I'm just, you know, weary. I'm just going to give you an example, which I realize is really minimal compared to some of the extraordinary challenges that you've had to endure. But I am technologically challenged. So I have an iPhone, and I was told how to put it on a tripod and actually speak to it and pretend I was talking to people. So that was that. But then I'd, I'd do a take, and it's like I've got it. And then I play it back and it was crackling. So I had a software issue or a hardware issue. So I then had to get another iPhone and that had to be then sorted out. And then I would take a, you know, do a talk and then halfway through it would stop because there was a capacity issue. So I had to get yet another phone sorted out. And at the same time, our internet continued to fail. So we were doing Zoom calls, sometimes speaking to vast, you know, loads and loads of pastors across the nation. Or we're on a call with the uh, faith minister in the government trying to influence government policy and suddenly freeze. And uh, so this was so frustrating. I was trying to upload a talk and it would not work. And I uh, confess, I just had this emotional overwhelm. And I confess that I swore and I punched a cupboard door, uh, you know, the, the frame of a door, which 
honestly hurt me a lot more than it hurt the cupboard door. But it was just, you know, I, I, I cannot do this thing. And so I, I would go before the Lord and, and journal about it in my wrestlings and say, Lord, I can't do this. And just felt him say, it's mine. It's, it's not yours. And I'm with you in this. And I'd say, please give me strength. And I felt like the Apostle Paul, he, his message to me was, my, my grace is sufficient for you in your weakness. And I have experienced that really through these months very much. Yeah, I think um, I'd say this, uh, this sense of fresh strength is, has become a reality to us. And again, as John said, so many people have got so many different uh, traumas and challenges in this time. But um, occasionally I will wake up, and a few weeks ago I woke up with this uh, anxiety knots in my stomach and just um, facing decisions, but also you know, having to solve problems that were beyond our ability. And um, in those times, I found that because in, in years past, I've had seasons, maybe at one point, like a whole year of going, having to have tablets, counseling, because of this issue of anxiety. But I've learned to sit there before the Lord, look up to the heavens and just say, God, you are the most supreme being. You created the heavens and the earth. You created me. You asked me to do this right now. This is your burden, not mine. And, and that fresh strength, that energy, that, that resilience sort of comes. It's supernatural. It's from the Lord. It's for that moment. And, um, you know, I know many of you are, are in grief and anxiety of various kinds. I know, for example, Yang Lin and Clive, they um, lead the Mandarin community, the Chinese um, community here in Nottingham. And you know, people have victimized them, have shouted at them, have threatened them because they're Chinese and, and because they, people think that it's because of them that the coronavirus is here. And it's so unfair. And yet I would say to everybody, whatever it is that you're facing, persecution, racial discrimination, uh, grief, this fresh strength is really, really available to us. It's such an important message. Yeah, I think... You, Susie? Yeah, well, I think we've... It's been, a, well, for me, it's been a, a breeze, actually. It's been fine. No, no. <laughs> I know no, it hasn't. Been, it's been so hard. It's been a really, really hard season. And I think uh, if I look back on this last season, I think I've shed more tears in this season than the previously. You know, for me, I think I'm nine out of ten, maybe even ten out of ten extroverted. So working from home, living alone has been a massive challenge, as well as days when I've just felt totally overwhelmed as I've looked at you know, what's going on in the news or the injustices. It's been so hard. And we've been saying it's been like a roller coaster. For me, it's felt like being on, I don't know, Nemesis, uh, Oblivion, uh, if you've been to Alton Towers, all at the same time and you cannot get off. Uh, it's been really, really hard. And I think looking back, probably the hardest time was right at the beginning of January after Christmas. And uh, as lock lockdown 3.0 came into being, thinking, oh my goodness, this thing is going to go on for months and months and months. And I remember we chatted that night and um, I think I said to you, it's another opportunity to dig into Jesus. And as I said it, I was like, how am I going to do that? And uh, really just in this last season thinking, you know, when we read scripture where it says, don't worry about tomorrow, for, t for tomorrow's got enough worries of itself. Uh, for today's got enough worries of itself, sorry. And, uh, and thinking about being content in all circumstances. And I've been really trying in this season to, to find joy, to find joy and think, God, even in this moment where I don't feel content, how can I bring this before the Lord and find myself in a place of contentment? And actually really have found that, have found that as I've drawn upon the Lord. What about you, mate? Yeah, it's funny how at different times it feels like different. We've all probably had, and I'm 
similar experiences and I'm sure many of you watching at home will have shared the same same thing for me there was a moment where I cricked my neck which which again I know it doesn't sound like um, it's not a big deal in terms of it's not a severe thing um, but I've got a bit of a track record where in certain times of my life when I've been under a lot of stress um, and I've been you know maybe getting a little bit anxious um, it's sort of manifested physically in sort of the tension then having, having a cricked neck and um, and it's, it's one of those things that kind of where I have to sort of notice, pay, pay, take attention to, to what my body's telling me. Um, I think personally, as a sort of a, in terms of my personality, one of my strengths is a resilience, a capacity to work hard and keep going, which is great. That's a God-given strength. Um, but the flip side of that is that um, sometimes when I'm facing a big obstacle in my foolishness, I can just think, oh, the solution to this problem, to all problems, is just work really hard. Um, and just crack on, like um, that phrase, um, if the only tool you've got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I'm a bit like that, just like, oh, let's just work harder. And I think the first eight weeks of this, um, when, it, when, it, when it kicked in, I think I lent into that a little bit, and I wasn't, when I was resting, I wasn't sort of having the discipline to, to have rest that was undistracted. Um, I was working really long hours, and perhaps just taking you know, myself a bit too seriously in, in terms of how my hard work could help this situation. And... Um, yeah, so the tension started to creep up one moment. One, one morning I woke up, I had a really bad cricked neck. Um, I think when we were talking about this, I remember that there's a photo of it. Hopefully, they, can they show the photo? <laughs> yeah, so I fashioned this kind of um, uh, homemade <laughs> neck brace out of a towel and a bit of gaffer tape. And uh, there I was. And then that day, I was sat at the computer trying to sort of wincing, trying to work. And my daughter, Hope, um, saw me. And she just, just out of compassion, really, she just came in, laid her hand on my back and just prayed for healing. And I had this incredible sense of physical relief just sort of flood through my neck, flood through my back. The pain dropped down. Um, I got a bit emotional. And, and then she sort of paused praying for a moment. And then I was like, no, don't stop praying, Hope. It's, this, this is amazing. Keep praying, keep praying. And, and, and it was just an incredible relief. And... Um, yeah, and after that, it wasn't completely healed in that moment, but I was able to take that neck brace off um, and it made a massive difference. But ultimately, more than anything, it just reminded me of, you know, when Jesus said, you know, all who are weary and burdened, come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And that the way through this, because it's a, a marathon, not a sprint, is, is rather than try and take on this yoke of kind of trying to earn God's favor in our own strength and our own works, to realize that we're actually working through a yoke of, of grace, um, a faith in his grace. And so there will be capacity, there'll be time to take rest and you've got to take it at God's pace. So that really, that really spoke to me and I, and I received fresh strength in that moment. Yeah, and another passage that, that's really been on our hearts in this season is, is that one, John, from Matthew 16, isn't it? Yeah, Matthew 16 and verse 18 um, in the message one day just really struck me. And this is what it says. Peter has just said to Jesus, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah. And Jesus says to Peter, you are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to stop it. And, uh, you know, nothing will stop the advance of the church or the kingdom of God. And so not COVID-19, not um, restrictions on what we can do as churches meeting together, not persecution, not secularism, nothing will prevent it. And at the disciples, at the time, the disciples must have wondered, wow, what is he saying? They were like a dozen ragtag, you know, guys. It's like through them somehow something would be built that would change the world. 
And yet that's exactly what happened. And throughout the Bible, we see God often using people who feel weak to do incredible things. It's in our weakness very often that God shows our strength. And that, that phrase, um, a church so expansive with energy, is sort of like a vision that really caught you. I think you were sharing how that, that vision had really caught you. And, and one of the things that we were talking about was... Um, you know, right now, the church, in many ways, the church doesn't look like it's so expansive of energy. Like right now, we, you, you know, we remember this room being absolutely packed with people, yeah. just a handful of us now. So when you envision a church so expansive of energy, what, what does that look like now? Well, at the moment, of course, we're really, really constrained. As John said there, the, um, you know, we can't meet in large groups. We can't even meet in small groups right now. It looks very different. But the question really is, what is the church? People talk about going to church, and some people imagine a building. Perhaps with a steeple, they go to a building. We all know, of course, the church is not a building. But it's not even going to the church building to meet with the rest of the church and, and having gatherings and worship services. That's not really the church. And Nor is it serving on teams and doing ministries. It's not the programs and so on. All those things are wonderful, but they're not actually the church. The church is all of us, all of us, the various parts of the body functioning the way we're designed to function really the church is who we collectively are and through that what we collectively do yeah i mean when i imagine the church so expansive with energy i imagine every individual person uh, filled with the holy spirit empowered um to to minister to say to the lord each day lord what where how do i take my place wherever that is in 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 work uh, with my neighbors with my family what what are you asking of me today it's stepping into supernatural things as well so for example recently um or during lockdown i've made it my business to speak to cashiers and um, so at, at supermarket desks and I'll be talking to them and I'm trying to find a way to you know share my faith or pray for them and on occasion I've been able to pray for them and on some occasions symptom abatement has happened they've described they've felt something they've sensed the pain leave on other occasions it's no thank you uh, no I, I've got other customers to tend to so a little bit embarrassing but it's stepping into those risks it's it's people prophesying it's people being generous it's expressions of kindness as we heard from Mike Pilavacci last week who spoke uh, he shared how he was cooking for his neighbors um, it's all sorts of ways of expressing God's love at this time so that's what the church expansive yeah very much energy. like the the acts from acts we did a series last year you can go and listen to it or watch it on the website uh, you know we talked about individuals we do things corporately, but individuals, the acts of devotion to prayer and the Bible and, and generosity, acts of wonder, expecting God to move, acts of hospitality, even though that looks different. And so, uh, you know, each member really of the body, of the church, taking their place. Yeah, and it, it reminds me, uh, everyone's to take their place, reminds me of that in the vineyard we so often say, everybody gets to play. Um, that sort of sense of everybody having the opportunity to do that. Um, but in the midst of that, there's also been... Um, I think there was a time a few weeks ago where some of the um, SLT and some of the other pastors as part of the team, we, we, we consciously took some time to kind of step away from the day-to-day -day and maybe think a little bit higher altitude at what are some of the things that God's really calling us at the moment particularly to push into as we seek to do this everywhere in every way. And there were certain things that seemed to come out of that, like um, the focus on connection and um, addressing and engaging with the whole issue of, of race and pushing into prayer um, and also a sense of a need to come back and remind ourselves about the message of the kingdom of God. Um, those kind of things, have you got anything to share about 
Yeah. Those. Yeah, yeah. We'll say more actually on Vision Sunday, which yeah. I think is in three weeks' time, isn't it? Um, but in terms of connection, really, we're feeling disconnected. We can't be together. We can't meet together. You know, Zoom is brilliant. Praise the Lord for Zoom, but it just is not a connection in the way that we would hope. And so we really want this year, as we look at ways of coming back together virtually and physically, to how can we become together? You know, that's a... A reference to a, a talk I did right at the beginning of the lockdown. The King's James Version, I think. Yeah, they did everything, the early believers did everything they could to keep themselves together. So coming back together in various ways, connection. Yeah. Um, another one that you've mentioned, uh, John, is, is um, race, that we really want to look at the issue of racial unity and diversity in the church. We want to get a, a God perspective on the kingdom and um, the inclusion of, of different cultures and, and ethnicities and races within our church and how people relate to each other, how um, people can, can feel like this is home, but also they can l- really take their place and, and looking at our structures and things that inadvertently have created barriers uh, so just make it a place where everybody can flourish uh, and express um, their part in extending God's kingdom we'll be focusing on the kingdom the kingdom of God I did a series many many years ago but it's been a long time since we really taught into that so we anticipate doing that later in the year but you know living as kingdom people our, our understanding in the vineyard of the now and the not yet the future age breaking in now although the kingdom is not fully fulfilled and so we'll be looking at what it means to be kingdom people expressing and as in our vision statement uh, extending the kingdom of God and we say prayer because prayer undergirds everything and we are so delighted with the way prayer has multiplied in this year uh, in in 2020 and and even now but we want to look at more ways in which we can corporately gather um, obviously online while we're in lockdown but other ways as as that begins to ease but then also you know our own individual prayer life and, and the conversation which is with God where it's not just telling God what we want but listening and so you know we want to really press into prayer even more yeah wow and and I guess like we really sense a real sense of God's hand on us as a church and a real sense of him speaking over the stuff for us for this next season and one of the things that's really been consuming you know when we've been talking um, as a wider team is this sort of tension that we're feeling at the moment the tension of many of us uh, many of you watching today are experiencing all sorts of things uh, loss and bereavement grieving uh, struggling with mental health physical health Many of you parents, it's very, very challenging right now, homeschooling. Uh, lots, lots and lots of different situations, just the isolation going on. Many people are really feeling a sense of loss and brokenness and isolation. And so in the midst of all of that, with, with, when we talk about like a church being so expansive with power, how, how do we weigh up those two things? How do we hold them both in tension? I think that's such an important point because we do have to recognize that people are in a state of trauma and brokenness and and we first have to come along with empathy, recognize that. We can't take people from that place to a vision for an expansive church without first recognizing this is our reality. But I think of people like um, Dave and Lizzie Miller. So Dave, if any of you watched the Vineyard um, National Gathering, you would have seen there was an opening piece that Dave wrote to and our Steve Ilsley here put the visuals to it. It's really really powerful and in it he states um we don't know what to do 
but we fix our eyes on you. And, and the sense is that we are in a state sometimes of hopelessness. And Dave and Lizzie have lived that out through, you know, even before 2020, before we went into lockdown, they had had a very traumatic time with um, the baby that Lizzie was carrying, threatening to miscarry several times. She ended up in hospital, gave birth to a little, very premature little girl, um, again, fighting for her life. Then as, as a place where they were released from hospital, um, it was lockdown and they had to shield with a family of three little boys under a certain age and, and a new baby. And it's been a very traumatic year. But from that place that would seem a hopeless place, they were able to reach out and, and love people in the NHS and actually um, bless them with care packages. And so on the one hand, even when we are in a place of grief and brokenness, there is still an opportunity to, with God's help, receive the supernatural energy. Because we're not talking about just energy. We're talking about something that only God can give. It's the supernatural power that comes by the Holy Spirit. So we can't do this in our own strength. And so, you know, um, we can, even though we might feel hopeless, express the hope that is certain, which is God's yeah. hope. So that's a message for all of us. Yeah. I mean, people are looking for hope in all sorts of ways. We hear that word actually quite a lot. People are hoping the vaccine rollout will be effective. They're hoping perhaps to get a holiday this year. They're hoping schools will reopen soon. They're hoping perhaps their job will be secure or their business will be able to pick up. And so there's a lot of people hoping right now. But, you know, we have a hope which is beyond all these things. It's beyond our circumstances. We have a living hope. And in the midst of whatever trials we're facing, we know who is on the throne. His purposes will prevail. And as we walk with our hand in his, you know, holding on when we don't understand, we can just be uh, walk with confidence, really, no matter what challenges we face. Yes.